We have ice in our glass, and I'm realizing it's like ASMR. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's fine. Just don't say anything sexual, and then we should be okay. Isn't Titmouse a bird? Hello and welcome to Birder, I Barely Know Her, the only birding podcast that has now featured three different sets of sisters. I'm your host, Dewey Casty, along with my co-host... Jessica Cristiano. Doing the math there. Yeah, so you and you and McKenna, and then Kat and Janet. Oh, and the Kims. Yeah, and now we have our final, not final, <laughs> no, I said final, our uh, latest set of sisters. Uh, <laughs> uh, please welcome transitional housing therapist, Ren Reyes, and executive director of the SELA Neighborhood Homeless Coalition, Sarah Reyes. Yay. Reyes sisters, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. By the way, are you guys the only Reyes sisters or are there more of you? Just just the two of us. Just you two. Okay, nice. Good for Very you. Very fun. Any brothers? I don't think they would have survived us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because Ren, you're the younger sister, right? Yeah. By seven years. Wow. By seven years? That's a good yeah. response. My sister and I get that question a lot too of like any other siblings and it's they wouldn't survive. And that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good answer. We have an imaginary third sibling in the middle, yeah. but uh, her name's Anastasia. Whoa. But she just never manifested. <laughs> Much like normal middle childs. Yeah. Because <laughs> Jess, you exactly. and your sister had some WWE shit growing up. So I imagine, Sarah, did you and uh, Ren have some tussles? Ooh, there is only one incident, yeah. and it's the head kicking incident. Yeah, I kicked her square oh my in God. the head. That's a classic. And then I never touched her again. <laughs> she Wait, didn't what, survive. Wait, what? What preceded the head kicking incident? We don't remember. <laughs> you looked at Sarah wrong, just... and she's like, "Soccer time." I was sitting. I was sitting on the floor. She was on the couch, and all I know is all of a sudden she kicked me in the head, and I just turned and looked at her, and she screamed at the top of her lungs and ran around and it just ended so brutally for her and again seven years older and she was maybe five or six at the oh, time wait, she kicked you in the head sarah oh yeah yeah oh, and i was again okay, that's... twice her size at the time i was gonna say so that's a much a real... better story than i thought it was okay yeah <laughs> yeah it was a real like a whatever in goliath yeah. situation yeah. And she never what? again as she said never touched me again <laughs> goliath kicked the, the more sh- memorable name <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, it is funny not that you did not ever. remember David of the two names. That's so funny. My <laughs> sister and I also had, like, an altercation where she was on the couch and I was sitting on the floor and she hit me in the head. That's like... Sisters love And did you shots. annihilate her? No, I, all, I almost, like, passed out. <laughs> she hit me really hard. <laughs> it's good that we have both versions of the story, <laughs> yeah. how it can end in both situations. I will say it's so funny, like, I know that, like, every gender, no no gender has, like, specific you know, like behavior, like everybody's different. But I will say that one thing I have at least anecdotally noticed is that, like brothers are always fucking with each other and like, but they're always like close. And I feel like sisters growing up, like hated and destroyed each other. And then are like inseparable as adults a lot. <laughs> it's like a fun. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe not inseparable, but like very like amicable, very close. <laughs> very amicable. When you realize no one else knows your trauma. Yeah. yeah amicable we signed a truce we signed we signed an arm like yeah some sort of truce agreement what about you jessica did you and your sister like eventually get closer we i think we were always close we just had like some bigger tussles there was never a time where it was like weeks or months where we weren't talking to each other because we like shared a room and stuff um yeah because jess you were you're a twin i'm so. a twin um so it was like really oh. non-negotiable that we would make up but like it is like once you both decide you're going to turn on your parents, then you become really like a unit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The first time you learn you solidarity. you the ultimate enemy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you, got, you just look at each other and you say, you see what they did to us? And it's like, yeah, what are we even fighting about? <laughs> I feel like we yeah, just like... recently had that conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where we're like, it's interesting how your trauma developed and mine and we had the same stimuli like the same the same instigating an element yeah exactly it's like the uh, family dynamic version of the movie parasite it's like oh we're fighting the wrong people yeah <laughs> the only reason we're fighting yeah, is because exactly. we were never taught proper communication we're coping <laughs> that's true uh, thankfully our parents don't know how to listen to podcasts yeah <laughs> 
I don't let my yeah. I try to block this from my parents in every way possible. But my sister like tells them, so it's not we're not united on that yeah. front. <laughs> yeah, every three weeks my mom's like, Hey, you gotta send me your podcast and I'm like, Yeah, I do. And then I don't send it to her. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, my siblings and I are a little bit um, similar to you guys. My brother's six years older than me. My sister's eight. So it wasn't a lot of fighting, but I had a lot of, like, torture moments where, like, my they would love to scare me. Like, we had a big stuffed bear that my mom got um, from, I think, a previous boyfriend, which is why she got rid of it at some point. Uh, but <laughs> they used to, when I was sitting on the toilet as a kid, they would, like, creak open the door and then shove the bear face in and go, rawr, and scare me. It was horrible uh so yeah. yeah i will say that i i was the scarer i like kind really? of tortured her yeah I, kind of is an understatement <laughs> i would like hang hang dolls outside of her room and stuff. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah like a little and like again she had like long black hair and she's walking around the house hanging dolls what was i supposed to do so you you grew up with the ring girl yeah. yes <laughs> essentially <laughs> and she, except she was like half my size and like wafer thin and she only wore like one long white nightgown which is not a lie yeah. so Are this you... is the ring girl but after she got a job <laughs> okay because yeah reyes i thought that was like a hispanic last name but it sounds like you grew up as a little japanese ghost and that's uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're not mexican at all i was haunted before but she's gone <laughs> <laughs> that's what a ghost would say that sounds like something like you know there's like the thing of like sometimes children will say really creepy things and you don't know where it came from that sounds like something a six-year-old would say like yeah i was haunted once but she's gone now i know a lot of kids in in school who like to pretend they were haunted for attention weird <laughs> these specific. kids right here i attracted them i had like a couple friends within a two or three years where they were all just kind of like yeah, this ghost is haunting me. It's like, that's weird. And I was on board. Was that like independent of like of like each other, or did they all independently decide that, or did like they like copy it was, each other? They independently decided it. <laughs> that kind of feels though like a little girl like Twilight esque fantasy where you're like so special. You have like this like totally. It was for attention. Like, yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't, but <laughs> like. It's weird that it was always a ghost. It was never like anything else. It's obviously something you can't see. That actually does track. But Yeah, there's a handsome invisible man and you can't see him, but I can. And he says that I'm pretty and you're not going to prom. It's a... wow. He goes to another school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's invisible and he goes to another school. So. In Canada. In Canada, yeah. You're not going to see him. He sends me flowers. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. Well, thank you guys both for going on to Sarah. We met at Sela because you, before taking over as the head honcho, you were an outreach volunteer, and we met at some point at one of the after hangouts. Yeah. So. Yeah, we've. Because can you remind the audience? Not the audience. The audience doesn't know. Uh, how did you get involved with Sela again? You just told me today. Um. Yeah. So I moved to Los Angeles in 2018, and uh, I was just sort of handing water and stuff out in the neighborhood that I live in, just seeing how. Good on you for not doxing yourself, by the way. Some people are just like, yeah, I live right by the... It's like, oh, don't uh, yes. be careful there. That was... So... Yeah, I'll bleep, I'll bleep that. I did say a yourself. landmark right by my house. <laughs> it's crazy when people do that. It's crazy it? when the host does that. Uh, leave them learn. <laughs> Sorry, back to you. So I moved to Los Angeles in 2018 and noticed how bad the homelessness problem was here, which was distinct from where I had been living previously. And uh, so I started handing out right. water and f food and trying to do my best to get to know my unhoused neighbors. And well, on outreach, I encountered a couple of dorks in matching T-shirts and uh, asked them yeah. how they what like they were doing with how they were involved with uh, the unhoused community here in Los Angeles. They introduced me to Sila. I went to a sort of like an information session that they were doing in Hollywood. And then uh, I it just became a huge part of my life. And so much so that I actually changed the whole trajectory of my career quite recently to, to um, accept this role and feel really, really honored to be able to step up my commitment um, to this. Because, uh, yeah, it's a real it's a real shift. I realized recently that, like, Sila and more broadly mutual aid are sort of like a reverse improv. 
where we've talked on the show about how like improv has ruined a lot of lives because somebody will take an improv class and then suddenly like, well, I'm not going to be a lawyer anymore. I'm going <laughs> to try to get a commercial <laughs> agent to do improv all the time. Whereas like you volunteer once or twice and it's like, oh, I can help people for a living. I might do that. Like we look at Hayes, who was like a TV writer. Now he's like working for Nithia's campaign or Nithia's office and stuff like that. You leaving your career path to work on this. So it's sort of like a, a fun opposite of what we usually see in LA. So that's a... <laughs> Good on it's you. It's a black hole of good do-gooders. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. sucks it's you in. It's the antidote to improv. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like you still can't, it's still like the lucky few who actually can get a job yeah. from this. Similar yeah. to improv. Wait, so then, Ren, how did you get into your field? Because that's a, a similar same, feel, right? I was going to say, it was the same thing. I moved to Los Angeles. I was um, an assistant manager at a hotel. And then I, Whoa. what? I volunteered at the Downtown Women's Center. Yeah. And then decided to not be in hospitality, went back to school to get my MSW, and now I do therapy on Skid Row. So it's the same thing. I was like at Downtown Women's Center and then decided to completely change my life (laughs) from like that one experience. No, that rules. I should actually revise my answer and say that I just saw how cool her pivot was going in life. And I was like, yeah, me too, me too, me too. <laughs> well, it is funny because she followed you out here, right? So it's like a fun little uh, back and forth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ha. Ren follows she you thinks to LA I only then, copy yeah. her. <laughs> you copied me first. Awesome. Yeah. Well, now that you're both on, we all know each other now. Very. I don't know. What, that's a weird sentence. I don't know why I said that. Uh, anyway. Uh, what now is that we've all changed into something a little more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> we, we saw you across we the We all dress up like, like birds vibe. now. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of birds, we should discuss what is your guys' history with birds and or birding? I think I have zero history with birding, but a long history of loving birds. Now, we should clarify, you are wearing a shirt right now that shows off your love for birds. <laughs> uh, for it, listeners, it says... It says, I like burbs. Yeah. And I bought it thinking it said, I like birds. <laughs> now to clarify, was this an online purchase or an in-store purchase? No, it was at a yard sale. I was just okay, like walking so down the street. You saw the full <laughs> shirt. Yeah. It was at a yard sale. And my friend even, I was like, oh my gosh, it says, I like birds. And she was like, oh, it does. It went through three people <laughs> before someone told me that doesn't say, I like birds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that thing where if it says the, the... In a sentence, you yeah. all read it. You read mm-hmm. what you want to Oh, read. yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful yes. group hallucination to see the thing you actually want. <laughs> <laughs> but so I have just my background is a little raven. Whoa. I've got my tattoos. So two, three, two bird tattoos. Yeah. Um, I don't know a lot about birds, but I just sure. like looking at them. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. That's how everybody gets started. But yeah, so was there a particular bird that really got you interested around when you were a kid or something? Or Crows, yeah. Wow. <laughs> haunted. Remember, haunted child. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys ever see Weird Back, a Dinosaur's Story? No. Weird what? It's a movie. <laughs> anyway, the, the villain really likes crows, and like he, he's surrounded by crows. At some point, they kill him at the end. But I was, it's interesting oh, that you're also drawn to crows. <laughs> you are the villain i am the villain who will be killed by my murder of crows (laughs) that was the shirt she wanted to wear (laughs) i don't know yeah just crows i don't know i just saw him loved him Mm -hmm. sure was there anything you particularly liked about him or just the look i like how smart they are I like the noises they make. Like I said, I'm not a birder, so the the descriptions sure. are very <laughs> the, noise. <laughs> the noise they make. Um. Well, I'm sure it's nice too that, like you, they also torture your sister. Because as Sarah was mentioning yeah. uh, earlier this week, you were uh, bombarded by a crow ripping things out of a tree. Yeah, they were dropping things as I was trying to walk into my home. This crow just started <laughs> dropping things on me, and I looked up. I was like, "What the shit, dude?" And he just looked dead in the eyes and then dropped another thing on me. Yeah. That was that was what part of my crew. I do think you are going to send. You've threatened in the past to send birds to harass me. Yeah, I would. It would be out of line. It would be absurd of me to assume that if you hadn't actively threatened that before, <laughs> saying that she's going to make friends with crows so that they torture me. Jesus, was that a kid thing or like a last week thing? Like the last. Yeah, week like thing. a last week, like an adult thing. Yeah. Jesus. 
sisters. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Sarah, you had budgies growing up, right? I did. Yes, I had Daisy and Tweety, um, oh. which is weird because you also grew up with them. And it is weird. And I just remember that. And you did not love <laughs> fall in love with budgies. No. Uh, well, you were too busy yeah, finding I... uh, dolls with the perfect shaped neck to hang from your sister's <laughs> door. So, uh. honest to God, she was too busy like catching moths and like eating worms. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Haunted. that's a uh, that's childhood, yeah. baby. Um, real quick about that, I wanted to come back to the dolls section. Now that we're talking about this, when you say hanging dolls, well, like was it like new style? Like how were they like hung up? Neck and ankle. From my door frame so that I would come out and hit them or wow. hidden in my bed. Um, possibly related, I have a pretty severe phobia about dolls. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. Right. We love trauma, <laughs> don't we, folks? <laughs> but yes, I had budgies growing up. Um, she had dolls. I had budgies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Daisy and Tweety. They were yellow and blue. Tweety was blue. Cute. And... Uh, I loved them deeply. Like they were allowed to roam free in our home. They Aww. like we have all of these like what are you know how you knew I was a very cool kid is like there's lots of home videos of me with with a budgie on my my shoulder <laughs> like feeding it and yeah. it's like oh that's why you had so many friends <laughs> just so many friends um, human ones. Uh, yeah, I loved them. I loved them so much, and they like it's how I learned about. Uh, the circle of life was through dolls, or was through dolls, was through dolls. <laughs> See how they get in my head. Yeah, you <laughs> walk outside, budgies. Ren's having a funeral for the dolls. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was through the birds, like, because Daisy would lay, I didn't know that birds lay eggs without being fertilized. Like, oh, yeah. Daisy was, yeah, so I had no idea. So she would just lay eggs and then like they would never fertilize, you know, they were never fertilized. And so um, she would just just come where she would eat the eggs eventually, you know, like you do. Uh, but yeah, I and loved my birds. And then, did she eat the shells too? I don't remember, actually. I just know that she and Tweety would eat the bird, the baby, <laughs> baby shells. But they were, again, never fertilized. Yeah. Uh, and then Tweety flew away at one Aww. point, which was very sad. I think someone in this room might be to blame for Tweety, <laughs> which, which, honest to God, I did Joe, not know until... <laughs> I did not know until this year. I didn't know you didn't know that I did that. Yeah. So I just always thought the bird had gotten out while I was at school. Turns out yeah. somebody let the bird out while I was at school. And that's the end of Tweety. And then oh, no. Daisy, I don't... I don't know. Do you know? No, I don't know how Daisy died. Daisy died. That, was Daisy that would have been a fun probably... live reveal if you also let Daisy out. I'm trying to think. Do you know? <laughs> no. There's a microphone. Now's the time to come clean. It was. I was just responsible for Tweety. <laughs> I, 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 I would like to confess. Can I ask why yeah. Tweety was let outside? Was it like a, you're mad at Sarah? You wanted to see I, if it wanted to hang outside? Great question. No. Keep asking questions, no. Dewey. <laughs> I, I, I was six, and I thought it was a good idea. There was no malintent. Oh. It was, no, I get that. <laughs> it wasn't malicious. I love birds, too. <laughs> Honestly, you probably thought, like, I want to play outside. The bird should play outside. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. When I was like she, four or five, when my mom would go off to school, um, I my dad said that when he was watching me, I would whenever she would leave, I would knock on the front door from the inside. Because when you knock on a door, you open it, people are there. So I thought if I knocked on the door from the inside and opened it, my mom would be there. <laughs> you thought you were magic. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I was magic. I just thought that's how doors worked. <laughs> That's very funny. I love that Me kind too. of I, hum, baby logic like that is yeah. amazing. It's very fun. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, that's your guys. So that's my love of birds. Yeah. <laughs> that's your guys' history of birds and or birding. Well, we went on a birding trip today. So Jess, do you want to read off the list of birds we saw? Yeah. Uh, we saw great egrets, ospreys, a small hawk. We're not sure what. Yeah. Double-crested cormorants. We'll get more on that later. Great blue herons, spotted sandpipers, black-necked stilts, mallards, Canada geese, 
hooded mergansers, American coots, black phoebes, red-winged blackbirds, uh, snowy egret pigeons, and a turtle, which is not a bird, but honorable mention. <laughs> the turtle was fun because we saw, Jess and I did not see that turtle, but I saw something else and said, oh, you guys want to see something cool? And then you two in unison said, is it a turtle? Because <laughs> <laughs> you both saw the turtle on the rock. Easily it, distracted is also. Yeah. Do you guys like? Is it? Are, do you like turtles? Or I don't know. I, we've never, <laughs> we've never <laughs> discussed it. It just seemed exciting at the time. I think. Yeah. Okay. I support you. Um, so of those non-turtles that we saw, of the birds that we saw, any of those stand out to you? Want to talk about? I feel. I feel. A little lame because you said that everyone is always a. It's always a fan favorite of the. Yeah. Black. Don't neck. feel lame. Black neck still. Black yeah. Black neck still. Yeah. Which I've discussed before. Been... Every time I hear the name, I think Black Hole Sun. Yeah. By Soundgarden. Yeah, I I truly feel like that. You said that bird is around a lot, but I don't think I've ever seen it in my life. Like I've. Never I mean, they're all over the place, but they have to be near water to you know, um, really thrive. So that's why you probably haven't seen them all that much. I've been but... around water. <laughs> Are you bragging about having seen water before? I mean, I've been around water, and I still haven't seen those birds. Okay, well, you know what? I Fuck me, then, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why you're not seeing them run. Maybe the word you're going to but... string them up by your sister's door. <laughs> like, we're but... doll-shaped, we're tiny, we're black, we're, we're going to get killed. We're going to get killed. She's going to yeah. kill us. Yeah. I will say, though, that I, I did love them. What do you Deeply. like about the stilts? <laughs> I don't know if you often see. Is it normal that birds have that like backwards elbow? Yes, a lot of a lot of wading birds have that shape, and I don't know why it's biologically oh. advantageous to bend backwards instead of forward, but it's a common shape for a lot of the wading birds. Are flamingos like that too? Yeah. Are herons like that too? Then I'm almost positive herons have the front knee. Let me double check. I'm trying to picture a heron in my Front head. Front knee and back knee feels weird. I know. It sounds like you're talking about somebody's back. No, herons do have the, the backward bending knees, too. I think that most birds just have the backward knees then. I don't know why I thought they were yeah. front knees. Huh. Well, I, I yeah. really enjoyed I enjoyed their their long little stilt legs like that. I will say, yeah, the, a lot of birds have that back knee, but it's really noticeable on the stilt because of how mm-hmm. long those dang legs are. Mm-hmm. Um, as mentioned seven times on this po- or several times on this podcast, the longest body to leg or leg length to body size ratio, um, second only to the flamingo. We talked about how um, they use popcorning to defend themselves. So like because they're smaller birds, they can't obviously take off a hawk one on one or in most cases a great blue, um, great blue heron is their biggest uh, threat over there. So they'll work together as a group to sort of attack them by flying up the popcorn motion. When they fly up, they, you know, make noises at them and fly up again to annoy them and make them leave. And Sarah, you were saying that's how uh, Ren and her friends typically uh, attacked you when you were growing up, right? Yeah, she traveled in a pack, like very much so, was like a pack animal. I don't want to say my sister was feral, but like a little as a child. I think being yeah. so much younger. Um, so she traveled in a pack and I would definitely be minding my own beeswax and then I would just be bombarded by small children. Just like, bing, 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 bing. So they couldn't take me on yeah. one by one, but they could very much popcorn at Ren, me. I want to make sure that you have space to dispute Sarah's account of you growing up because so far... I honestly... Being called feral is a badge of honor. I like... <laughs> I like... <laughs> and we have so much of it on tape. Because <laughs> we just like have this feral child with long black hair and a white t-shirt <laughs> traveling in packs and assaulting people. So I just want to make sure <laughs> that I give you the space to dispute that. Playing with ants, roly-polies, and worms, and moths. Yeah. Eating yeah. ants. We had we didn't have negligent parents. No. <laughs> no. Just one feral child. I like it. <laughs> I like it too. I'm glad. Outdoors kid, I think is what we yeah. would call it now. I'd say okay. I think we call it out an outdoor kid. Okay, yeah, because I've heard indoor kid before. Outdoor kid, I've not heard before. <laughs> Solid outdoor kid. That sounds like the family has like one kid that kind of smells. So they're like, yeah, these are our indoor kids. That's our outdoor kid. We let him in when it I rains. Did smell. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear, that did not come from from me. She yeah. said she self-identified as smelly. I would yeah, like the listeners cannot identify voices. That was Ren. <laughs> I'd like to go back in time to ten-year-old me and confirm that you knew you were smelly. <laughs> 
Anyways, so it's birds. fun about black neck still. We talk about how they're everywhere by water and stuff. So there, there's also a subspecies of Hawaiian black neck stilts. And their Hawaiian name in the Hawaiian language is, I don't know how to pronounce it because I'm not familiar with the Hawaiian alphabet, but it's spelled A-E-O, and it means one standing tall. Hmm. Wow. Hell yeah. Any other thoughts on the, uh, the uh, black neck stilt before we move on? I thought they looked like penguins turned sideways with really long legs. Like there's something yeah. about their like body design because they're quite bulbous at the bottom. It yeah. seemed like like they just didn't look well balanced, which is why I thought they were. They look like two different birds put together. Like one of those matching games where like you solve two thirds of the puzzle yes. and you got to do the last part. Yeah. It's Good like, description. It's monkey body, uh, kangaroo legs, stuff like that. Yeah. 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 They Real were adorable. Fiji mermaid I... ass bird. Oh. Um, yeah. Did you just awe the Fiji mermaid? The, like, objectively horrifying-looking monkey fish? It's history, and it's, like, I I don't know, circus. (laughs) Oh, Jess, have you not seen the Fiji mermaid? There's a very, like, dark sense of humor. Yeah. Sure. Okay, so you're both fucked up is what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) She just doesn't admit it. Yeah. Hide it better. I hide it better. Um, Jess is looking at the Fiji mermaid. I think my favorite, though, was the osprey. I think that osprey was, like, looking for a photo. It was like... Yeah, Yeah, what'd you guys think about that osprey? I thought it was incredible. It was just, like, hovering like a helicopter. (laughs) And then, like, it posed for the photos when you were trying to take pictures of it. And it was, like, like stopped midair to look at you. So it was posing midair we were talking about. So ospreys, that's the sort of pose slash motion they do right before they dive a lot. So they'll do that to help lock in on prey. They're not as versatile as like a lot of the other hawks in midair. Like they're not as adept of like, you know, zipping back and forth and stuff because they sort of sacrifice that like um, at agility for like dive speed and ability. So they really are like really focused on diving in and grabbing fish, which is pretty cool. They're actually pretty successful divers because of that. They did a study on osprey like catching ability, and usually on average, it only takes them one out of every four dives to catch a fish. So that's like a 25% success rate at the lowest end. Sometimes they've been having it like um, been recorded as having as high as 70% success rate, which is pretty dang cool. What's interesting though is they can't dive more than three feet. After that, it gets a little dangerous for them. So um, what they'll do is they'll typically fish in shallower places. That's why we see them when we're going along the river like we did today, as opposed to like, you know, like a deeper spot. It's a lot more, it's a lot safer for them to go in and get the fish that are just like swimming next to the um, surface. Like you spotted a lot of fish today, Sarah. We saw that big fish near the end. Yeah, instead of what you took me on a birding walk, and I was like, look at all the fish. Yeah. ADD, baby. Sarah pointing out fish that she couldn't identify. They're <laughs> <laughs> so like, all right, cool fish. What is it? I don't know. The fish. Big fish. Or is it trash? Yeah. Fish or trash? Or is it trash? Well, yeah. That's, there was that one that we podcast. thought was a snake, but I think Jess, yeah. <laughs> Jess successfully po- or correctly pointed out that it was garbage, which was helpful. Yes, yeah, so the osprey is a hawk. It's the type of hawk, and it's the only hawk that eats like almost exclusively fresh living fish. Like that's ninety nine percent of its diet. And what's cool about that is it gets most of its water that it needs from eating fish carcass or fish bodies. So like in in like hot weather, they would observe drinking, but for the most part, they just get most of their water from eating fish. Oh. Do fish have a lot of water? In them? Well, I mean, all animals have water in them when you're eating them. Like, you get hydrated in a sense from eating. So I think just because they eat a lot of fish. So ospreys, their physical their physical build is really interesting. So we talk about how the uh, one of the big differences between falcons and hawks is that falcons kill with their mouth and hawks kill with their talons. So ospreys are unique among hawks in that most hawks, they have about, um, they have claws in the front and then one claw in the back on their talons. But ospreys have one claw that's almost, not reversible, but like really malleable. So they can almost flex to the point that they have two claws in the back. And that's what makes them so great at catching fish when they fly, because those two prongs are better at grabbing those wriggly fish and getting them stuck in there. When they, after they've caught the fish, when they're flying through the air, they will, after they have the fish in their hands, they've caught it in their little talons, they'll angle the fish so that the fish's head is first. And that way there's less wind resistance and they can fly faster. So they understand how, like, aerodynamics work and stuff. So they're really good at the claw game. <laughs> yeah. Grabbing them, holding on to them, they got it. That was bad. That was oh, really my bad. God. No, no, no. When you, 
when you said that, I thought you meant like in like the like slang term for a game. Like, yeah, I'm in the claw game. I can claw stuff. You mean <laughs> when you go to a carnival and there's that rigged claw game or like at the Denny's. Okay. Yes. They're very good the at the claw game. I'm sorry, Sarah. For... Dynamics, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for blowing past your joke on our comedy podcast. <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> no, it was good. We liked it. Um, so I like to talk about nests with birds because I think the way that different birds build nests is really interesting. So ospreys, obviously, no all, animals are all born in the wild. They're not used to human stuff. But ospreys have adapted to living around humans to the point that like most of their nests are built on man-made structures. So they love building nests on like telephone wires or like those big like um, what are the what are the pointy things called that that, that carry wires? Telephone poles. Not telephone, like the metal ones. The pointy metal ones look like Eiffel Towers, but like they carry like phone oh, lines towers? and stuff. Towers, yeah. Cell towers. You just said towers like six times. Okay, well, whatever they are. Those like electrical towers. Just done with you. <laughs> and then like duck blinds and stuff like that. So they'll really like love to nest on like human-made stuff. And that, they've gotten to a point where when people are trying to reintroduce ospreys to areas or like rebound their population... They'll use they'll utilize that by planning some artificial structures for them to build their nest on. That's pretty neat. Now, are you two as sisters familiar with the phrase "Rome was not built in a day"? Yes. Jess, are you familiar as <laughs> yes. an Italian? Yes. Great. So, in a, I'm also a sister. So. Also a sister, yeah. <laughs> and that's solidarity. Um, so, do you know what it means as a non-Italian brother? <laughs> Unfortunately, I do. Even though I come in with privilege um so yeah so um in addition to rome not being built so what these guys also they don't build their nests in one day not even in one year so with osprey nests they start with like in the first year when they're first nesting the nests are their nests are like actually kind of small like they're only like two and a half feet wide like three to six inches deep but every year they build on the nest and make it bigger and bigger and so every year it gets um, like significantly bigger to the point that some have been recorded with having nests that are like 10 to 13 feet deep and three to six feet wide. Oh my God. Where? Yeah. It's like on like telephone poles or like, obviously if they're that big, they're probably on like a duck blind, or like those towers that I was trying to say earlier. Pretty wild did you, stuff. Did you say 13 feet deep? Mm-hmm. 10 to 13 feet deep, three to six feet in diameter. So big Whoa. enough for a human to sit in, which that feels like a fun, like comfort fantasy for people of being carried off by a big bird and put into a nest, fed some, fed some worms. Are this you guys like Googling really... Osprey nests? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's like a really <laughs> powerful commitment to a hobby. Yeah. It's like Dewey in this podcast. Yeah. This podcast wasn't built in today. Jess. <laughs> Loving it. <laughs> Wait, so are you calling so, their nest building a hobby? Yeah. <laughs> building their home? Yeah, it's like model hobby? trains, but it keeps your babies alive. <laughs> what do you think HGTV is? Like, it's just a bunch of people like, I built an addition. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I would love to see the Osprey <laughs> Property Brothers. I think that would be fun. <laughs> There's like a weird sexual yeah. tension. One of them's married to Zoe Deschanel. They're both, they love fish. <laughs> These nests are nuts. I just wanted to clarified just dewey was like into birds for like a year before he was like i should do something with this and make a podcast not that i, was, I wasn't trying to be mean again i need to know that just is not mean that's what me. happened it's, it's, it's fine <laughs> it kind of gives me hope though because i'm always like i need to get into birding and then i don't <laughs> but <laughs> i can it takes a year and i can have a podcast yeah i have that app the like auto what is it called Audubon, yeah. Audubon. Yeah, I have that, and I've been trying to... I didn't use it today, which I'm kind of sad I didn't, but I can... Well, no, but you I can... can, you can um, we'll text yeah, you the list. Yeah, you can yeah. log all your sightings. Have, do you ever look at the Audubon top 100 photos? Yeah, sometimes. Did you look at them in 2022? <laughs> no, I just got it, like, last... Oh, were you, like, okay. really popular? Well, if you ever look at the 2022 <laughs> Audubon Photography Awards and see the top 100 photos and look at a photo by Stephen Cassidy of a hummingbird, that is me. So, not Your to brag. Your name is Stephen Cassidy? My real name is Stephen, yeah. Okay. okay. You submitted it under Stephen? Yeah, I didn't realize I did that. I think, it was, I think that they asked me for my legal name and I got scared. 
and I didn't put Dewey or something? I don't know. Oh, they were going to throw you in jail for I fraud. I don't know. <laughs> Some of the cash prizes involve money. Maybe it was like a money thing. I don't know. Did, oh, did, okay. I could do I that. I was afraid like of bird crime. If that's what you're suggesting, <laughs> I'm gonna be put in jail for bird fraud. You're going to avian jail. And it's a bird cage. And you just get. It's a normal jail, but they just put a towel on your head so you think you're. It's nighttime and you can't move. <laughs> you have I can see. I, I get it though. Like the tax. If you have to pay taxes on the yeah. prize money, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So did you win? I'll allow it. I mean, I was I was the I was one of the top one hundred photos, but I did not win okay. like the prizes or anything. But okay. I'm on the website. You can okay. look me up. I will. I wonder what comes up if you search Stephen Cassidy. A lot of stuff from my dad might come up. Oh, he goes by Steve. I don't oh. know. But my dad's an author, so if anybody's a fan of the Oakland Raiders or San Francisco 49ers and you want to see some cool behind the scenes photos, check out Field of Play a photo photography book by Michael Zagaris with essays by Steve Cassidy, my dad, who I travel with the oh. Raiders of 49 Are, in are we at the plug part of this? <laughs> yeah, we're going to, no, we, we plug the whole time. That way they can't skip it. So <laughs> you got no choice. But yeah, so they, there's a lot of Stephen Cassidy's out there. Yeah. Ew. And they're Mormon. <laughs> a lot of Scotch Irish Mormons. Okay. Weird. Anyway, back to the birds. So, now, we've established that the four of us together are all familiar with the phrase, Rome was not built in a day. So, additionally, osprey eggs do not hatch in a day. In fact, they hatch over several days. So, a lot of eggs are separated, sort of like how you guys are separated by seven years. A lot of them will hatch days apart from one another, and then that will lead to several birds, like a lot of the birds being bigger than their siblings. And that bird will sort of almost not be kind of like a lead in terms of like leadership, but like it'll be like the dominant net, like chick. And, like, if there's, like, a time of, like, famine or anything, sometimes the younger chicks will die because that one's getting the food. It might kick the other ones out of the nest. So there's an interesting sibling dynamic that uh, apparently exists in all species. So Yeah, it's true. I would have kicked you out of the nest. Just <laughs> I No, I would have. I would have. If, when we were young, I would have kicked you out. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I don't know what I did I will say they that. only do that if food is scarce. If there's plenty of food, then they're fine with each other. They get along. They don't do it if one kicks the other one in the head. <laughs> mm, that's an interesting mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, they do. Because, again, these are hawks, not falcons. So they're not headbutting. They're using those talons. Oh, yeah. We learned that today. Mm -hmm. That was yeah. a fun fact. Yeah. Uh, the name Osprey comes... The, uh, there's two roots that people think it comes from. One, the first time it was noticed, was um, it came from the Latin word for bird of prey, which was avis prede. But some people think it also comes back to Latin for... Osifragus, which means bone breaker. Both great choices. Do they break bones? I get, well, I think, yeah, I think when they get in there and, like, kill a fish, I imagine that snaps quite a bit with their, you know, that quick dive, but... Fish have a lot of bones. Yeah. <laughs> do, they, do they puke them out like owls? That's a good question. I didn't see anything in my research about them Thank doing you. pellets or anything, so they might be small enough where they can, their digestive tract can handle it. So... They get poked. We can't even handle it. <laughs> I mean, but some... Well, because a lot of people are better digesting, like, shells and shit than we are. Not people, animals. Um, yeah, we talked before <laughs> about this. A... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are really good at digesting bones. That's why we brought you on. Um, it was a weird part of the pre-interview, but I get it now. Yeah. Let me film you while you eat bones. Um, so, yeah, so we talked a little bit about the grebe before, and we were talking about lobed feet because... Uh, Ren, you had a, I would say, horrified and disgusted reaction when you saw the grebe or the the coot feet again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I I encountered them in a park. I think I don't know a year ago. Yeah, during the pandemic. During the pandemic, yeah. So maybe like two, two years, years ago. Yeah. And I was so deeply upset by their feet <laughs> that I told like multiple people about it. Yeah. Yeah. Lots, lots of texts. Like, there's some fucked up birds in this park. <laughs> Someone help. I don't know what's wrong with these ducks. I hate this. I don't want to be near them. Like, having a hard time relaxing in a park. Like, yeah. admittedly, tensions were high in, like, 2021. Yeah. But, so, it yeah. could have been, you know, like... Well, the issue is I that's, like, one of my favorite parks, and those birds kind of ruined it for me. <laughs> <laughs> you could just go to a different part of the park? They're everywhere. 
Yeah, so those load feet, we talked about them a lot in the past, but they exist because of convergent evolution. So basically, convergent evolution, as we've talked about before, is environmental pressures causing two different unrelated species to both evolve similar traits. So in this case, um, birds needed to paddle in the water easier. So ducks evolved webbed feet, and coots and grebes came in with these horrifying lobed feet. It's kind of like when you all have to do like an engineering project for class, like, oh, we got to build something to protect this egg. And someone builds like, oh, this is like a cushion. And then someone brings up some like fucked up, like taped together, like sticks and shit. It's like, oh, you did it wrong. We had the same assignment and you chose the weirdest way to do it. That's uh, sort of how it shakes out. Um, They chose the wrong feet. Yeah. They went to the foot store (laughs) and picked the wrong one. Yeah. That was on sale. It was Black Friday. They didn't have a ton of options. It just doesn't help that they're like neon neon they are weirdly bright yeah they're like neon blue green (laughs) yeah they're like maleficent like like maleficent's fire from um sleeping beauty it's a similar color yes yes exactly that i feel like we need to change your shirt to say i like most burbs no it's (laughs) the only ones i have a problem is lobe feet yeah (laughs) which excludes well speaking of lobe feet i wanted to bring up grebes which are another species that have lobe feet because we're talking about pellets They have a similar diet to osprey in that they eat a lot of fish. And because of that, they will intentionally swallow their own feathers. And the reason they do that is because the feathers will act as a cushion in their stomach that collects the bones and like shells and other um, undigestible stuff. And then they'll just spit out a pellet of like feather and bone. What if we ate our hair to help with digesting (laughs) food? I think, uh, I'm sure there are many episodes of My Strange Addiction that will answer that question. I wish I could, I have a lot, I shed a lot, and I do end up with hair in my food. My food, not, I'm not serving it to other people, but (laughs) it'd be great if I could just eat it. Okay, well, next time I'm volunteer lead, I'll make sure to keep you far away from the food at (laughs) Sila. Well, I put my hair up if I'm serving food. Okay. So, it's fine. (laughs) <laughs> Never uh, gloves. Do you put your hair up when you're serving cunt? Actually, yeah. Sometimes it helps. <laughs> Wait, are you guys not familiar with the slang? <laughs> serving cunt. It's like it's like when like um, how would you describe it, Jess? I don't know. It's like, are you familiar with like that's a serve? Like when somebody looks good. Yes, I mean oh, I know what okay. serving cunt yeah. means. Yeah, like yeah, it's a, it's a positive. Okay. Like it's not like an it's insult. Sarah does it. Yeah, yeah, it's like a positive, but like it's like. It's like serving, but like there's also like a little bit of like, yeah, I know I'm good to it, right? There's like a, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right, Jess? Yeah, if I was saying it, yeah. Sarah, I'm sorry <laughs> that I said it to Jess without you being familiar with the phrase. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sarah. Oh, I just heard it wrong. What did oh. you hear? Serving cum? Calculation? <laughs> 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 Yeah, I spelled no, it in signs so that I wasn't heard saying those words. <laughs> I was this down the here just signing to okay. her. <laughs> I'm glad that was that. What day in your ASL class did they go overcome with you? Was that day two? Day two. Yeah. <laughs> day yeah. two. Pretty like, early. okay, we got hello and where's the library? Let's get into come and then we're good. <laughs> yeah, it felt like an important step. Sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, a lot of slang. Uh, when I was a teacher, one of my kids like saw my tie, and it's like, I love that tie. It's really giving. And I was like waiting for them to finish their thought, and no, it's just giving was the end. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, thank you. That it's must giving. be really hard to learn slang in real time. It's yeah, it's very stressful. I get all of my new. I get it all from like Twitter, so I'm like, okay, I know what that means. Yeah. So when somebody says it in person, I'm like. I got I'm on board yeah but you had to get it from the source because we talked about this my Twitter is only baseball now so I I miss a lot of cultural touchstones that Jess has to uh catch me up on so weeks go by (laughs) and you finally say have you seen this and I say honey (laughs) I'm over it I was like anytime I start a sentence with did you see Taylor Swift she's like I saw it a week ago (laughs) yeah but hey, if those kids walk up to me and they're like, "Hey, so what's what's the deal with OPS? Is that a com- or what's is that a combination of two different stats?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's OBP plus slugging." Because my Twitter is only baseball. I bet they, okay. I bet yeah, they ask that that's all the good. time. They that's do. good that you can serve society in they're that like, way. They're like, "What's B war really versus nice. F war?" I got that. Any final thoughts on the osprey before we move on? Was that all about the osprey? <laughs> we have a lot about the osprey. Well, then we got. We Wait, got, why did how do we get into grebes? Well, because we were talking about. Um, 
the pellets. I, you asked if they spit up pellets, oh, and I didn't have okay. an answer. But I, I, so I wanted to talk about another bird that spit up pellets. Mm. Oh, wow. So time time flies when you're talking about birds. It's already dark. Yeah, I know. We daylight savings time has unfortunately hit America, and we're all fucked. Uh, so are you <laughs> we're guys going to die? Do you guys like daylight savings, or do you get bummed out once the sun goes away? I don't think I have an opinion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You know you're not on trial, right? <laughs> no comment. Yeah. It, we're, we're testing to see okay. if either of you are witches. And so far, Ren is failing by quite a bit. Oh, no. She's fully a witch. She'll self-identify. Yeah, for sure. No, I don't, I don't have a strong feeling. I just i am tired of it mostly just because I want to be one way or the other. Yeah. Like, I just want to yeah. like stop sure. trying to adjust the clock on my stove because I forget every time. Um, I think we as a podcast are firmly pro keep daylight savings forever. Once they make it sunnier outside, keep it like that forever. That's how we want it. But not keep switching. The, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not keep switching. Yeah. No switching. We want to lock it in, which we gave Congress the power to do Doesn't in California. Arizona do, do that nothing. or something? I also yeah. thought we were switching because like it makes more sense if the if the the way we did it. Now we get less sun than we were getting yesterday. Yeah. Well, no. So daylight savings Which is, is the, not right. Daylight savings is what happens between March and four days ago. Now or yesterday. Uh, I know, but the the like the turning it off is f- still feels wrong. They should just keep it. No. Yeah. No. That's what you're saying. I know. Yeah. But I agree. I agree. The, some might say. We, we, yes, we agree. Okay. New podcast name. Yeah. I agree. Um, so we're talking about mallards. You guys were. I think Sarah, you were saying that how they're a common bird, but you like a good mallard, right? I just think they have the pretty green heads i like them i think sure. they're they're i think they're a, a little extra for such a standard bird flamboyant flamboyant yeah, <laughs> yeah. i like it i like that if they there's put a bird best. out there serving cunt it's the mallard mm-hmm. and now i know what that means say so that yes. we curse on this podcast should i bleep out cunt no i give permission okay. <laughs> we'll keep it you can put okay. that at the top too say <laughs> this podcast contains the mention of cunt and just gave permission great, great. <laughs> Yeah, Ren, what's your thought on mallards typically? I actually have a wooden mallard on my nightstand. You do? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Wow. That. Yeah. Is so. that the smack intruders or what's the... Uh... Yes. <laughs> now it is. No, I, I, I've had it It's actually... like the wooden bat under the bed. <laughs> I have it next to my hammer. I've had it for, I think, I don't know, <laughs> 10 years. A long time. Yeah. I just, oh, wow. yeah, like I said, I, I just like birds. I don't know a lot about them. I just, sure. I'm attracted to them in a normal way. That's how you know, <laughs> you always know something's normal when someone has to call it normal. That's a good indicator of normal. That was a really fun real-time realization of what you're saying in course correcting. It's like, uh, you're like, okay, I can't say I'm attracted to birds. So this is going to be recorded. So I got to say in a normal way. It's like that bush, uh, Bush saying fool me once and then realizing that he can't have a clip of him saying shame on me. So he has to make up a new phrase and go, fool on, fool, can't again. be fooled again. <laughs> can't be fooled again. Oh, I thought he just like. I thought he messed it up too. Yeah, I thought he just didn't know the That's phrase. what everybody thought. And then like he revealed later, it's like, no, I realized that if I had a, a clip that said shame on me, that I was going to be plastered on every John Kerry ad for the next. Oh. That's quick thinking. Yeah, I'll give him that. Yeah, he's not—he's not dumb. People like to play him as dumb because it hides a lot of the intentional evil of that regime. But uh, he was—he uh, knew what he was doing. Dang, that's a good when point. He caused the Iraq War. Not going to get into it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so Jess, what do you typically think about? Yeah, is, let's just revisit the the Bush era. If ever, if ever a place to get into it. <laughs> we've we've gotten into politics before. It's fine. If any podcast uh, is going to talk about it, it's going to be this one. Yeah. So, Sarah, you caught a duck walking pretty funny. Do you remember that? Yeah, I didn't quite understand what was happening, but he looked a bit like a, a bird pretending to be a duck. Yeah, he was, like, waddling quite strangely. <laughs> so, for the listeners, the duck's head was completely underwater and its ass was up, and it was just walking forward, moving its head back and forth through the water. And we weren't totally sure what it was doing, so I looked it up, and that's sort of how they feed. It's called dabbling. So, they are part of a group called dabbling ducks, and these are just the ducks that feed by, let me get the exact quote, they feed in the water by tipping forward and grazing on underwater plants. The dabbling ducks is adorable. Right? They're a whole, it's a whole group of ducks that just feed in that particular way. We saw the hooded merganser today, which is a different kind of duck, and that's a duck that feeds mostly by diving. But the dabbler ducks are the kind of ducks that feed on the surface of the water, you know, usually by eating those plants. 
So they basically almost never dive. So for listeners, you've all seen mallards. They're your typical duck. They got the green head, the brown body. Females are, have the full brown body. With the, both the male and female have, though, is a little blue patch on their wings that's called a speculum patch. Hmm. And speculum feels like a grosser word than it is. Isn't that the thing that opens? Isn't that oh, a gross thing? I think thing? it's the phrenology thing, right? Ooh. What's no, that? Speculum is something that people that's who it. have... Uh, it's a, a doctor. Yeah, when you get your pap smear. Yeah, yeah, when you get your pap smear. Yeah. Oh. It's like, it's What's phrenology? Phrenology. Phrenology is the old racist like thing where it's like, oh, skull shape determines brain size, oh. and that's why white people are are significantly uh, superior. And that's what they're using speculums for during my pap smear. I think the I think the speculum is also what they use to measure the. Oh. Thing. I don't know. We gotta get more names for things. Yeah. Well, because there was a whole thing that was happening in, like, the early, like, 2011 hipster stuff where people would get, like, trendy, like, cool, like, old-timey, like, barbershop-adjacent tattoos. And then a lot of them, without realizing, kept accidentally getting phrenology stuff because it, like, looks like like that sort of stuff, (laughs) which was really crazy and such a white guy thing to do. I think if you're going to tattoo something, you should Google it first, at least. Well, that's the thing with, like, a lot of white people getting, like, Chinese letters, like, from the, the Chinese alphabet, and it's like, I have soup on my arm. I would love that. I know you love soup. But, yeah. Um, so, Every mallards, time... they're a lot of fun. Wait. Oh. It's just back to something you said a minute ago. Actually, it's not yeah. important. We can skip it. No, I love hearing you talk about it. I was going to say, it's just a little joke. I was going to say, every time you say females, I go into fight or flight. <laughs> which i know you have to because that's how you talk about animals but no sure it's just it's a, it's a tough one that's the moment you know you need to stop talking to a guy at a bar it's like okay well we're thank you i'm gonna go exactly okay sorry sorry to derail well it's actually speaking of having to talk to a guy in a bar or an uber against your will when males are doing their their uh their like displays to get females to mate the sentence that i saw describing the female response is a female encourages a male by nodding her head back and forth, which sounds like what you do when you're like waiting for a guy to stop talking. <laughs> like, oh yeah, sure. No, totally cool. Okay. You work where? Okay. Yeah. Oh, my friends are here. Sorry. I got to go. Uh, nice to meet you. That's never happened to me. Uh, <laughs> and it's not happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys have all heard that stereotypical duck quack, right? Yes. Quack, yeah. Like quack? Yeah. That comes <laughs> yeah. from the female mallard. Good for her. Because mallards are super widespread. They're like one of the most common ducks in the world just in terms of like their um, their range. And the males don't actually quack, just the females. Good, let her speak. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. They can't quack at all or they choose not to? No, they make like a quieter raspy noise. Like, I'm gonna see if I can. I, I can't pull it up and show you because it'll nuke everybody's computer. But I'll text you later and add it into the uh, thing. But for the <laughs> listeners, you're about to hear a raspy noise. Everybody else, pretend it's upsetting. You know. Yikes. Ooh. <laughs> But yeah, so it's mostly the females that make that noise that we associate with the duck, which is pretty cool. Hmm. So we're talking about how mallards are pretty widespread. They have a pretty big genetic um, footprint because of that. Because they're so widespread, they have a pretty big genetic footprint. So a lot of mallard species, or a lot of species have formed just by being groups of different mallards that have separated biologically. So the Mexican duck, for instance, um, is literally just a group of mallards that like drifted genetically from the mallard genome enough to be a, a separate species. Same with the Hawaiian duck. And all domestic ducks, um, or at least most, like 90 whatever percent of domestic ducks, are descended just from mallards. So they, as a duck, not only are iconic in terms of look, they are iconic in terms of DNA footprint, which I think is pretty interesting pretty neat so one thing that's interesting is um we talk about ducks they can fly right ducks can fly Mm -hmm. we all know ducks can fly Mm -hmm. so there's a three to four week period every year where at the end of the breeding season mallards will shed their flight feathers and for those three to four weeks they can't fly no that's a long time so they have to be like super secretive and like hide from like predators and they have to like take a lot of extra care to make sure that they're not taken advantage of or taken advantage of during that time how does a duck act secretive like at a bar (laughs) 
Yeah. I think that they spend a lot less time being cap. conspicuous. So they're not like out in the open as much. They're more in like the brushy areas or the marshy areas. They even develop their feathers molt into a concealing like sort of eclipse. They call it eclipse plumage. And then like it covers them up. That makes them harder to identify. So that sort of aids with their camouflage while they're hiding out, um, waiting for their feathers to grow back. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Choose to. I wish I could choose to be incognito for a few weeks at a time be like <laughs> incognito you yeah. don't know me <laughs> yeah oh that would be so fun right so what's cool about these guys is the females you know they build nests like all birds build nests but what's fun is that the way that they build a nest is that the female would just like form like a little shallow depression on the ground so like a little bowl shape almost she'll find so like a moist patch somewhere but a lot of birds will like grab little um pieces of material and gather them in the nest site and then build the nest from that but the female doesn't do that. She only grabs stuff she can reach while sitting down in the nest. <laughs> so she'll just sit by a bunch of grass and just like sitting down, just like grab it all and put it all around her, <laughs> which I think is good for her. I identify with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Cool guy. Sometimes. <laughs> cool guy. Sometimes really popular things can also be kind of fun. <laughs> no, there's nothing there. Kind of what? <laughs> no thoughts. I was trying to make some sort of like, it's okay to be pop, like something that's like, well, so one of my, uh, my partner says something all the time that there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure around like when someone likes something that's like hugely popular, you're like, oh, it's popular. So that's not cool to like it. I don't know. A mallard is all over the place, but I think they're really cool. Sure. Totally. I I don't. There you go. You asked for a final thought. That was my thought. Ducks are cool. Yeah. I will say, before we wrap up, we did see, we countered another birder on the trail who accused me of seeing a dove. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you said it was a hawk, and he was like, mm, no. <laughs> he did have a bigger telescope. Because I saw the hawk chase off doves, yeah. So do you guys want to describe this birder? Because you had a fun way to describe his camera. The, oh, I thought you meant describe the bird like you wanted us to defend that you saw a hawk. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> No, I just meant we walked after this guy, and he had what you guys called a telescope. He had I like know, a giant ass camera. Do you said you meant describe the guy? You said describe the bird. I said so. I said birder, but I do not enunciate oh, very well. Okay. So that is on me. <laughs> Got it. He, yeah. I was impressed with his equipment. <laughs> it was camera that equipment. Looked, yes, I was saying that <laughs> his gun. I was saying he looked more like a spy than an actual. Like it, it was like comically. <laughs> yeah. It was comically large, his his camera. It was um, gigantic. To, to the point of, like, I don't actually know. Like, I, I just well, don't believe you. There's that very fun Parks and Rec joke where they talk about the child-sized soda at Ponchburger, which is not a soda that's built for children. It's a soda that's the size of a child. And this camera lens was the size of a child. It was gigantic. <laughs> he had to rest it on the railing, which was wild. He also... And Going with the spy theory, he was just saying birds that like could be there, That's like what he learned I them said. ahead of time. But, <laughs> but like he started he to walk away, and he was yeah. like, "Did yeah. you see?" And he started listing more birds, like he had like learned yeah. several as yeah. his cover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so when yeah. you were like, "That was this," and he was like, "I wasn't prepared for that," I think it was actually a dove. <laughs> Yeah, but for the listeners, what happened was when we first walked out onto the river, we passed the tree and we saw a small hawk, maybe a small falcon. I don't think it was. I think it was a small hawk flying between the trees. And I couldn't identify what it was. So I thought it was probably a Cooper's or Sharpshin hawk. Maybe it was a falcon like a Merlin or a Kestrel. But I think it was, if it was anything, it was Merlin size, but that might still be too big. I don't know. Um, but so I could not identify it. And we saw it again on the way out. And as it flew by, it scared off two doves. And I'm like, oh, okay, there's doves here too. And then we walk over to this guy and like, he's this big ass camera. He's looking at stuff. And I'm like, oh, maybe he saw it. And I'm like, hey man, did you see that hawk up there? He's like, no, that was a dove. And I was like, like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't just a case of, I guess I didn't see it. It was like, you are definitely wrong with your tiny little camera. (laughs) Yeah, he couldn't just say, oh no, I don't know what that was. He was just like, oh, Clearly, this guy is not a birder. He doesn't know what a hawk looks like. I'm going to tell him that the thing that he thought was a hawk was a dove. (laughs) Which, for the listeners, there are some big pigeons and doves out there in, like, Madagascar. Not in Los Angeles. I know what a morning dove is. I know what a hawk is. Get his ass. I did not like like being talked down to there. And I think if you three were not there, I would have fist fought him. Would you? (laughs) Yeah. 
I think he would have won. He looks stronger than me. You love confrontation. That was our birding trip today. <laughs> Sarah and Ren, did you guys have a favorite bird that we saw today? The penguin on stilts. Black neck. <laughs> oh, yeah, the black neck stilts. Still, yeah. And the osprey, for sure. Nice. Wow, Those were two, the big wings, two, Yeah, two big guys. Seeing that osprey was very cool. I think that was my favorite today, too. It's just because <gasps> oh. I've seen them a ton, but that guy got really close. He was hovering. We saw uh, we saw heron catch a fish. That's right. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. So we saw a great blue heron today, which we've seen a lot so in the podcast, cool. but we got some rare behavior. We saw it not only catch a fish, it caught like a, what, 12-inch fish? The thing was huge. It was a big fish. It was very big. Big ass yeah. fish. We saw it catch and a it- fish and run into the bush, which is pretty funny. It's like how on my lunch break, I grab a cheeseburger and I run somewhere <laughs> to watch Netflix on my phone. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was it, it, not my favorite bird, but my favorite part. Oh, yeah, no, that was pretty cool. My favorite part was watching Dewey fist fight a guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I also like the osprey. Yeah, it was cool, right? What did you like about the osprey? I think that was the first time I've seen one. Really? Oh. I think. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we don't see them a ton on the, like, I've been seeing them now lately on the river, but when I first started going out, I kept seeing them on the Audubon app, so I got really excited, and then I'd show up and there weren't any osprey there, but I think lately there's been a pair of osprey that have been hanging out there hunting. I think that's what we're seeing. But Good. Yeah. Well, now that you've gone on a birding trip, Sarah and Ren, would you guys go birding again? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. I want to definitely hit some of the more... You sent a couple of recommendations for places to see cool birds in LA, and uh, I would love to Oh, and I'll send you more. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely go again. I I think I definitely feel like I appreciated things that I have walked by before and just never, like, took the time to look at. And then when you were pointing out all the different variants, like, a good point is the black neck stilt stork thing... Where, yeah. yeah, we've probably seen it a bunch and just never thought about it. So, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. They're, uh, a lot of times, birds. They're just like that best friend from a rom-com. They've been there the whole time, and you didn't <laughs> see them in the right light. And now suddenly their glasses are off, and it's uh, time for the slow dance. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not attracted to birds. <laughs> Only the normal <laughs> amount. <laughs> Only the normal amount. <laughs> Hell Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. This brings us to our final segment, which is plugs. So, Sarah and Ren, do you guys have anything to plug? No, I have nothing. Ren doesn't have shit. (laughs) (laughs) She just wants to once again reiterate she likes birds the normal, the normal amount. Yeah, Um, Ren's only plug is her reputation, so please keep that intact. Uh, no, I think I would just plug, uh, I'm sure folks have come on here before and plugged SELA, uh, Neighborhood Homeless Coalition. It's an opportunity yeah. for folks to get out and volunteer and meet their unhoused neighbors one-on-one and understand sort of what people are facing. Um, and at the same time, meet a really cool group of volunteers, get to... Now, meet- Sarah, do people have to live in one specific neighborhood? Is there only one neighborhood where SELA works out of, or...? No, Sila works out of several neighborhoods. It's actually what our name is, is Silver Lake, Echo Park, Los Feliz, Atwater, and Hollywood. We have programs uh, actively all throughout the week on Tuesday and Wednesday during the day, on Saturday and Sundays. So if you, really we can accommodate any schedule and you can do anything from handing out clothing and uh, just greeting people on site to actually going out and meeting people where they're at in encampments and getting to know their stories and what they need and, and making really meaningful connections. Okay. Well, normally I'd plug Stila, but one of our guests already did that. So I'm going to cut the selfless plug and go right into the selfish one. And I'm going to plug this podcast. So if you like what you what you hear, then uh, help us out. Leave us a review on iTunes. Leave us um, a, a star rating on Spotify. Share us with your friends, look at our Instagram reels, share some reels, share some posts. Um, again, as a little reward, right now we're at 33 Spotify followers, um, one of which is Sarah. She followed in an Uber on the way back from a, a uh, LA Sparks game, which was fun. Um, but once we reach 200 followers on Spotify, I'm going to do my special Topless episode where I'll do a whole episode Topless. We'll post it online. It'll be a lot of fun. So if that's something you're into, follow us and get your friends to do it. So we're getting more followers every week and... Uh, Maybe it could be you! Exclamation point. I just followed. Oh, yes! Sorry for yelling right to the mic. Uh, 34. 34. Hell yeah. (laughs) 
And we got plenty of fun backlogs. Check out our episodes of past guests. Uh, Jamie Loftus, Ellery Smith, Ryan Rosenberg. We got some fun guests on. And um, we got some fun solo episodes with me and Jess going over various bird species. You want to hear about falcons. You want to hear about herons. You want to hear about... What's the other family we did? Pokemon. Well, Pokemon is part of the heron episode. Okay, that's all I have. But that's a fun clip where Jess gets to guess Pokemon. I'm uh, not familiar with the, with them. Owls. We also did an owls. owl episode. So sure. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. Well, thank you both for coming on. I'm gonna leave everybody with the. Ha <laughs> ha.